Welcome to the Level Up with KDB podcast. If you've ever wished you could get a glimpse inside the minds and lives of women who are masters at creating abundant and fulfilling lives, and you're ready to learn the secrets behind unlocking that in your own life, you're in the right place. Each episode, I and a series of guests uncover the secrets behind creating the life you can't stop fantasizing about. I'm Katie B, human design coach, airline pilot, CEO, and crazy cat lady, and I am so happy to have you here. Welcome back, beautiful, to a, another episode of the Level Up with Katie B podcast. I am so thrilled to be able to welcome back Amanda Ewan to today's episode. And look, honestly, if you have ever felt like perhaps you struggle in busy environments, you don't like being in amongst hustle and bustle, you're super sensitive to other people's energies, emotions, you feel the pressure of lots of different energies around you, maybe you just don't like the feeling of clothes on your skin. Maybe you're sensitive to noise. Maybe you are sensitive to taste or sound or any of those things. This episode is going to be super, super nourishing for you because today we're talking about highly sensitive people. Amanda's been on a journey over the last little while for, to try and understand herself better in the way she reacts and responds to people in the environment around her. And that journey kind of led her to wonder, mm, am I an introvert? And then recently she's discovered that no, she's not actually an introvert, but she is a highly sensitive person. And our conversations that we've had have made me realize that I have some of those tendencies as well. My husband does as well. And I think a lot of people in our community really resonate with the concepts and the ideas that we talk about uh, within the highly sensitive person framework. So if you feel like that might be you, then this episode is going to be really, really cool for you because Amanda shares both her journey, her insights, and some really cool ways to deal with being a highly sensitive person. And also we talk a lot about boundaries and kind of how to implement boundaries to help support you in just working with your energy rather than working against it. So I know you are going to love, love, love this episode. And actually, Amanda has a beautiful community, the Bounce Out of Bed community. She calls them the boobers, <laughs> which I love. And that might be a really beautiful place for you to hang out if you feel like this episode resonates with you and the link is in the show notes. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to give you all a massive shout out. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sliding into my DMs with words of appreciation and support. Thank you so much for all the five-star Apple podcast reviews that I've been getting. It really, really makes it so much... I guess easier for me to show up when I know that you're loving the show. I love it when you share it with your friends. I love it when I hear what's resonating with you and what's not. And don't forget, you can always, if you have something that you would love to hear on the podcast, maybe you've got someone that you would love to hear interviewed on the podcast, send me an email, slide into my DMs. All the links are in the show notes to get in touch with me. I want this to be really nourishing for you. This is a place for me 
to help you and support you. And I'm just so grateful for you being here, showing up and letting me guide you on this journey. So massive thanks, massive props to you for being here. All right, let's dive into this beautiful episode with Amanda Ewan. Amanda Ewan, welcome back to the Level Up with Katie B podcast. You are the first person I think that I've interviewed twice for the show, which is so cool. I'm so glad to be able to have a yarn with you again. What an honor. That is so cool. I was so excited when, you know, you you know you've got lots on. I knew there was podcast interviews and I checked my calendar last night. I went, yes, it's Katie. Super <laughs> exciting. Yes, we always have a good yarn, that's for sure. And this episode came about because you and I were just chatting on Messenger and we were talking about what were we talking about? Like being around people, like being in busy spaces and how it kind of like gives me the ick a little bit. Um, And you were like, oh yes, I can totally relate. Was that how it started that conversation? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, and I already knew that bit about you because I had started wanting to find a different way to network with people. So I'd done uh, a beautiful event that you came to in person because we're both in Perth and that was based around not wanting to be in a room in a busy cafe or a you know really noisy space where everyone's just talking over each other I needed it to be in nature in a quiet space because of these realizations I've had around myself and sensitivity so yeah we did uh we did have that conversation yeah it's interesting because I think um you and I both have had experiences in formal networking, which just didn't make us feel excited to be there, which is not, it's not great because I think both of, both you and I share this love for connecting with humans, right? We, that's why we do what we do as coaches. We love to be around people and have really deep, beautiful conversations, broadening, broadening our network, but not necessarily in a structured and particularly not a busy way that formal or traditional networking kind of leans towards. And your networking event was just so freaking awesome. Like I had so much fun. And actually another friend of ours asked about, she was going to run a networking uh, networking event in Sydney. And she was like, anyone got any ideas? And I was like, oh my God, Amanda Ewan's networking event was just amazing. (laughs) But when was it, like, how did you sort of come to understand that you, like, when did you connect with the dots between the way you are and being a highly sensitive person? Only just recent. I mean, I've always had an awareness that I'm high, just thought, oh, I'm an empath and I pick up other people's energies and that's just how I roll. And then ironically, it was Annalena Fuchs, who's a human design expert. So that's quite bizarre that we're having this conversation interviewed, I've been on her podcast and she interviewed a beautiful woman called Rose Cox, who's inspirational in this space. And she had followed, there's a woman called Elaine Aaron, who wrote a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. And around this time, I had ironically bought Elaine's book at an op shop for $2.50 and, and was not sure if it was, you know, sometimes there's these books and they're not really a thing. And so I heard this highly this highly sensitive person, HSP, they call it, started doing a bit of Googling. I was like, wow, I listened to Rose's podcast. Then I had her on my podcast, read, I haven't really read the entire book. I'm not great at reading whole books. I like listening to them. But, and I thought, oh, wow, this is a thing. And it just helped me 
to be much more accepting and understanding of myself and not make myself do things that I found really, really challenging and find other ways around life and helped me connect on a higher level. When I started asking my clients to do the quiz, there's a quiz, um, the HSP, if you just put highly sensitive person quiz, it just comes up and you just answer a certain set of questions. It's super simple on Elaine's website. And most of my clients have this trait. And it's so interesting the more I talk to people that I'm aligned with. And obviously my clients relate to me. And I've re- I thought maybe I'm an introvert. I must just be an introvert. And I'm not. And my introvert friends laugh at me and go, oh my God, Amanda, you are so far from an introvert. It's not funny. But I was so confused because I couldn't work out how I needed to have this time away from crowds and people and time to myself. And I couldn't handle big networking events. I must be an introvert, but I get my energy from other people. And yeah, so so that was how it started. Oh my goodness. It's so interesting. I think because I've been on that journey as well. Hey, I'm like, I feel like an introvert a lot of the time. Like when I go to, uh, especially when I'm with group, big groups of people, like I'm not going to be going up to people and starting conversations and stuff like that. I'm more likely to be found in a corner having a DNM with one person and I'll just spend the whole time there doing that. And so I started thinking maybe I am an introvert. And I think maybe sometimes like we, I don't think it's black and white, right? And and I, I think that's what is so interesting about this whole concept of being a highly sensitive person as well because when I hear the phrase or the term highly sensitive person it almost sounds like an emotional thing like you're highly sensitive emotionally but it goes far beyond well my understanding um how I've started kind of relating to it is that it goes far beyond emotions which also ties beautifully into human design because you see now especially through our undefined energy centers it's almost like I I'm wondering if most people that identify as highly sensitive people have got a lot of undefined energy centers and experience that through there. Ah, I've never looked at that correlation. Mm, Well, I have looked at it just at my chart just in the last little while. And I'm like, ooh, that makes a lot of sense. Like my undefined centers are definitely where I experience a lot more um, sensitivity to the energies around me. And and that kind of correlated to when I did the highly sensitive person test, it was like, you could see the the connection there. So I think it's funny that you found out about it through Annalena's podcast, yeah. who is also into human design. So what does it mean to you or like what's your understanding of being a highly sensitive person? My understanding is that we're a really small minority so, or a, a, a small minority that's a, a double, what is it called? <laughs> double, double things where, yeah, it, it's. It's a minority of the population, so less than 20% of people, and therefore society's not built around the highly, you know, anyone that has these sensitivities. I'm like, why why would they do these big crowds of people in situations when a lot of us don't want to go to those things? And I realise that, you know, there's only one in five people that don't, so (laughs) the rest are quite happy to do that. And so it's someone that the sensory experience when all of our senses are too, there's too, it's too much. We just can't cope <laughs> so well. 
and it doesn't align with maybe there's some alignment with um the autism spectrum or but it sort of sits there on its own so clothing for example can be really challenging Mm -hmm. and tastes textures not so much for me but more around people's energy and or there being too much stimulation for me and they're the negative things that I find difficult to manage in living in a city and then there's the positive things where I actually pick up other people's energy and I can sense what's going on for them and I can read a room and feel into a room, which I had no awareness around that. I just thought everybody was like that, which is not necessarily the case. And what I think is one of my superpowers as a coach as well, and and potentially was in my podiatry career too, that I could pick up, I could pick up these things. And yeah, just just that awareness around other people's energies and what's going on for people and just that sort of deep inner knowing that we have, which I've learned is a superpower, sometimes a really frustrating. Yeah. Well, I th- it's definitely a superpower when you um especially when you know how to protect your energy as well. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that human design in particular taught me like long before I even heard of HSP is that like I have an undefined emotional solar plexus. So I pick up on other people's emotions. Like I feel like I can feel them before other they can feel them themselves. And that's cool. But when they're hurting, I fucking hurt for them. And when they're angry, I feel the weight and the strength of that anger and when they're happy, I can get taken on a ride of that, like super high <laughs> highs as well. And all of that is beautiful, but it's not my energy to hold. And it's and so one of the first things I learned with human design was how to cut cords with other people's particularly emotional energy and then protect myself from it, especially in a coaching setting where you're dealing with people's beautiful, all the whole spectrum of emotions day in and day out. And actually in my flying career as well, like sitting in the flight deck with guys um, for hours on end. And we do have a lot of, well, because of the type of person I am, I have a lot of DMs on the flight deck with my crew, <laughs> which is great. But I need to be able to like be aware of when I'm, you know, taking on board energies that aren't mine and actually finding out about Clay, my husband's, um, he's got an undefined emotional solar plexus as well. And there's this whole journey that um, people go through when they live with someone else that's undefined in their, particularly in their emotional solar plexus. But then here's the funny thing, Amanda. After you sent me the quiz for the HSP test, I did it and I went in and Clay was in his bedroom and I was like, babe, I like I think I'm a highly sensitive person. He kind of was like, yeah, well, duh. Um, and then <laughs> and then I was like, but I reckon you are too. And he was like, oh yeah, I bought that book like two years ago. I was like, what? Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So that same book that you bought at the um thrift store, he had bought as well. He he was like, I never got around to reading it, but I've got it on my Kindle. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm. So because I know your partner um, has done the quiz as well, right? And she's highly sensitive as well. (laughs) Yeah. Do we tend to gravitate towards each other? (laughs) I think, well, I I don't, I have my past love relationships in an adult life haven't done the test, but I think were not necessarily because they would laugh at my sensitivity sometimes or sometimes a bit more understanding. And I, I didn't have an awareness around. I just knew that I, I thought there was something wrong with me and I'd have to just 
make myself do things like going to big royal shows or big shows or festivals like no thanks I don't want to do that and I would make myself do it and then just get grumpy with everyone and be revolting to be around and 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 then on the other hand having a partner that I identifies as being highly sensitive as well is incredible because your everything is acknowledged and accepted and it's great and it's also a challenge to go out in the world we walked into Fremantle yesterday, not knowing that it was a big event day for the the yacht race, the 40 years since the um, America's Cup, I think. Didn't know. Totally crowded. It's a long weekend, bank holiday weekend. So it was insane. And free. I'm like, where's the quiet streets? Quick, we need to go home. Like, this is just more crazy than like a little bit of bustle, but even the bookshops just like, yeah, there's too many people. We need to, we need to go home. So it can be. It can be challenging and and not remembering to protect your own energy so you don't pick up when you're having a challenging day or, you know, because it's so easy to do that. Yeah, I think Clay and I could quite happily hermit ourselves away together. You know, we not only enjoy our own company, like apart from each other, but we enjoy hanging out with each other as well. But, you know, actually, I remember how this conversation started because his eating noises drive me up the flipping wall like I literally every time he eats I'm like I have murderous thoughts oh my gosh and that's that that would that's almost a game like a deal breaker he's not even a like gross eater he's like so chill but I just am eating noises just like there's something about and it's not just his but obviously his are the ones that I'm exposed to the most but yeah, so noises and stuff like that, both of us get triggered by them. He's a little less sensitive to noise than I am. But yeah, we could ha- quite happily just spend our days at home together. And we have to kind of, we do make an effort to like organize to go and meet people and do stuff because we know that actually we get a lot of joy out of connecting with our friends and doing all that sort of stuff as well. And we don't want to like actually turn into hermits. I don't think it would be that life-giving for us, but yeah. What other common traits and characteristics do you know of that um, so that people might be able to start figuring out whether they are actually highly sensitive as well, other than the like uh, being around lots of people obviously is not great. Often noises look like lots of loud, um, aggressive noises and stuff like that. Is there anything else that you can think of? Well, certainly for me, clothing and the Mm -hmm. way that I dress and what I'm wearing, I can change sometimes three times a day. Or when I'm getting ready, just get, have to get changed and go, yeah, no, this just doesn't feel right today and just feel really a bit weird for that. And one one example is my hormone replacement I am doing and haven't shared that publicly because it's kind of one of those things that is a bit controversial. But I wear uh, estrogen patches and they're stick little stickers. And I really struggle with them being stuck to me, like anything, strapping tape that I had to try, you know, where as a podiatrist doing training, I would be, would just find so hard wearing a Band-Aid, like things like that. And I said to my GP, I had to get, there was, they did, they'd run out of these small, tiny ones that I use on my then you have to put it on your tummy or your bum or like lower tummy or your bum. And I tolerate it now because I've made myself tolerate it because it's definitely beneficial to to use it. 
And there was none left in Australia of these ones that I use. So I had to use these massive square ones and I had to wear two to get the right dose. And so I had to have these two and they're just clear, you know, I really, I felt really stupid that it was really challenging, but I would think about it every hour, like, oh my God, I can't deal with this being on my skin. So things like that, just that annoyance, but it's not everything. So for me, the beach is lovely. Like I don't have a problem with the sand being on my skin, those kinds of things. It's just some particular things that has to be really, I have to be really careful about the textures of clothes. Going to um, boutiques or uh, charity stores and putting my hands on the clothing like can sometimes just feel like chalk on a blackboard like I can't touch things that are just yui and and even color too like I like all the colors to be in alignment like everything has to just blend and be aesthetically pleasing otherwise I can't deal with it yeah well I guess you know when you talk about being okay with the sand it it's maybe not so much that you just dislike the feeling of things. It's like you're just hypersensitive to how things feel and like sand is pleasing to you or maybe grass under your feet is pleasing to you or the breeze in your hair and all that. I'm, I'm saying these things because these are things that I love. I love to feel. I love when a gust of fresh cold wind like touches my skin. I can feel it. And, and you've just reminded me of when I – I've told this story a few times to different people, but when I first – started getting boobs when I was young and my mum bought me my first bra, which was like super soft cotton. It was like it had no underwire. It was just like this, you know, it had clips at the back, but it wasn't super tight. And I wore it for my first day at school and I got home and cried. I felt, I always felt like, I always wondered if it was because I've got this, like I'm weird about freedom. Like freedom is so important to me. And I felt like I was being restricted, but I could feel it all day. I could feel it on my skin. And I've never really got used to that. And I always tell people like one of my favorite parts of the day is when I come home and get to throw my bra off. Like (laughs) it just, it feels so good. And I'm the same with like loose clothing and stuff like that. I love loose flowy clothing. But yeah, I think that's one thing for people who might be wondering, oh, how do I know if I'm highly sensitive? I think for me, there is definitely, I'm I'm super sensitive to smell as well. Like I will get grossed out very easily. Like I can smell stuff way before clay has and textures and sounds. I, I love music, love, like I'm music is one of the most beautiful things in my life but sometimes stuff will come you know over auto tuned electronic music on the radio makes me want to scratch my ears out (laughs) and it is uh, uh, that sounds dramatic but it does feel like a visceral response to me so much (laughs) and you just have this build up in your body like it just comes up and you're like no 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 it's good I'm just gonna listen and I'll be able to tolerate it and it'll be fine and then you just get worse and you know just feel like like just like no I can't and you just if it's on the radio or yeah and and it it's really hard to explain because it is just feels like it's it does feel like you're the only one sometimes that it's a really lonely place to be because Mm. you just want to be more tolerant of things and you feel intolerant for some reason Mm. and yeah, I love the the smell thing for sure. It's it's really all the senses. So when you go to a cafe, even if it's not particularly busy, if there's music and someone trying to talk to you at the same time, and you and the music is not really pleasant because it might be that sound, and you're trying to focus on what they're saying, and then you go, <laughs> sorry, can you say that again? 
Yeah. Oh my God. I feel you so much right now. <laughs> I actually, to the point where um, like going to bars and restaurants and stuff is a challenge for me because I I really struggle to, to hold conversations with so much noise and action and hustle and that sort of thing going on. So, so interesting. So what do you think the main benefit to having that awareness around like that you are highly sensitive? What do you think knowing that has done for you it's helped me feel like less of a loner or a stranger like or a extraterrestrial (laughs) (laughs) so it's helped me feel less alone when I'm I'm aware that there's other people that experience the same things as I do and a lot of them are my clients so we can totally relate and and just laugh about it and it's also made me much kinder to myself or allowed me to be much kinder to myself and just go, oh, I have this thing and I don't actually have to go through the discomfort every day of feeling it. So I can meet a friend for a walk instead of having a coffee. And I've only just started doing that recently. Uh, The sitting and just, yeah, being in that environment is too much for more than maybe half an hour. And if you meet a friend for a coffee you haven't seen for a while, usually it's kind of at least an hour. So I'll say, let's get a coffee and go for a walk or the other way around. And just giving myself permission to do it differently and to break the mold and the norm. And a lot of my friends do have those tendencies or respect that in me. And that's what they like about me. So uh, that's really, really helped to just go, oh, it has superpowers. And I don't have to do it the way I thought I always had to. I don't have to suck it up and put myself through that discomfort. There is another way. And there is a life where I don't have to go out at night to bars or uh, go to cafes where it's loud and everyone else is there at the same time. I think it's also helped me love the ocean, particularly in winter in the morning, because that's the quietest time ever, like Mm -hmm. that anyone's going to be at the beach. So it helps Mm -hmm. me bounce out of bed because I know that I'm going to get that beautiful space of stillness and quiet and not going to be too many people around. Yeah. Yeah, there is a certain amount of grace, I guess, that comes when you identify these different aspects of your personality and the way you show up in the world. Because, I mean, even knowing, like, for me that, yes, eating noises are a trigger. Clay knows it now, right? He, like, I mean, he's known it for a long time. But I'll quite often just get up and cruise away into a different room, and he knows why. But it's not an issue because, like, it's just a thing. It's just a thing that it's, it's no shade to him. It's no shade to me. It's just a thing that I don't really want to be around. And sometimes I do just sit there and listen to it and just be like, this is just an uncomfortable feeling that I'm going through. It's not damaging. I don't need to react to it. I don't need to, you know, depending on how tired I am is often how much resilience I've got to these types of things. But just knowing that it's just another like you say, it's just another superpower and it doesn't have to define you, but it does mean that you get to honor it if you want to and work with it. It's, I think it's actually quite character building to to notice when you're feeling like the overwhelm that comes when you're in these situations that are a bit triggering and and be like, it's okay. Like I'm still safe. I'm having a reaction. I'm having a response to my body, but I'm still safe. And just recently when I was in Singapore for work, um, it was their national day. And 
they have an event where they have a bit of an air show and fireworks and stuff like that. And um, my colleague and I decided to go into Marina Bay to to be part of the celebration, mostly because we wanted to see the air show. We got in there and Amanda, I cannot, like there was a gazillion people shoulder to shoulder moving. And, you know, I was talking to Clay about it afterwards because I had, a, I was pretty good. Like I was very like, I got myself in the zone. I was not expecting it though as well, right? Like I kind of knew it was going to be a crowd, but not that sort of shoulder to shoulder. You can smell other people's breath. You can smell their sweat, you know, like it's it's grim. <laughs> um, and I did, I had a moment where I just started spiraling. Eh? Like I got started getting tunnel vision and I started like, I had to really woosah myself and just be like this is just something that you're feeling right now and it's totally fine because you are actually safe like you are safe right now and so we continued to make our way through and got out the other side and we got into um, a restaurant and sat down we had all the space to ourselves and I said to my colleague like fuck I I freaked out a little bit and he was like his son is um on the autism spectrum. And he was like, oh yeah, my son would have just like lost it. And he was like, so I'm, he's sensitive to it because he's aware of it for his, for his kid. But he was like, yeah, I'm not too bad, but I wasn't having a great time. And yeah, I think just knowing that it's okay to feel that way. Like there's no bad thing and you don't have to spiral because of it either. Like, because most of the time we are actually safe, even if it doesn't feel great. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it's you know that the ways to manage it when you when you feel anxious, like any anything, any anxiety that comes up, and also I think knowing it for me meant I could remove. It was okay to remove myself from those situations because I could move through the anxiety of being in them, but the energy that required was insane Mm -hmm. and so then I would just be totally exhausted you know taking the kids to in fact I just was um interviewing a guest for my podcast this morning a clinical psychologist and she's in New Zealand and we're talking about the playground the kids inside playgrounds and she said like that they have birthday parties at which was my worst nightmare ever and she said she would go there with her husband and he couldn't understand why she couldn't tolerate it and he loves it. He actually craves, like, he loves taking the kids to those places. Yeah. So so she's outsourced it. She's delegated the birthday parties to mm. him to take the kids. And she gets time to just be in her Zen zone because that doesn't serve her. And yet he thrives in it. So he comes back so buzzy and he's loved it. And the kids are all happy and everything's a win-win situation. And she had to move through the guilt and the, you know, all the things around not doing it that she should be able to stand up and I yeah, I would love to do my time again and not have to go to them ever. But that was just <laughs> that was just a classic example of you don't you can actually delegate or you know have to honor your own needs, and that's yeah. been the biggest lesson. Oh, they are my needs, and I can honor them, and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned that you would prefer to go for a walk than sit in a coffee shop and stuff you know, that's how you prefer to catch up with friends. That to me is um, kind of like one of my boundaries now that might sound a bit crazy, but I I feel like I have implemented more boundaries in my life that support me in being able to, you know, still catch up with the people I love and do the things that I love to do, but 
or no, I'm not saying that I wouldn't compromise and do stuff that other people enjoy doing, but I actually often set like time limits for my catch-ups with friends as well, because I can't sit around for two hours just talking. Like I, I love to talk, but I get really antsy. I'm an active person. I've got a lot of energy and I just don't enjoy sitting. And especially in those noisy thing, uh, noisy environments. So like, yes, let's go for a, for a walk. I've got like an hour and a half. Let's meet here. Let's do it. Um, that is kind of one of the ways that I have boundaries in my personal life. And so I guess that's one coping mechanism that I have incorporated in my life before I even really realized that I was a highly sensitive person. So, yeah. And what a great thing to do. And that's one of my growth areas that I'm getting better at. I try to say end times, like kids' birthday parties, like, can I I'll just have an end time, come over for dinner, but it's six till eight. And then my growth area is when they're not honoring the eight, I have to just go. Uh, or when they arrive, actually, that eight o'clock means that when it's eight o'clock, no matter what's happening, it's time to leave. Yeah. Like, like I'm glad you're having a fabulous time, but get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because I think um, Clay and I like to have parties and stuff at our house, although we haven't had one for a long time. And um, I am sure many of uh, our friends will back me up on this when they've been at our house and I've been like, all right, time guys. Like it's, it's like, I love you, but get the F out of my house. Like I'm done. (laughs) Like it's just, and I think a lot of people can respect that. And if they don't like whatever, like it's your space, (laughs) you know, but it is a journey. It is a journey. I always find that humor helps, you know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Like, and just, and just honoring that it's a part of you that Oh, for me, I'm learning to accept and learning that it's okay to have those boundaries around it as well, that I, it's okay to do things the way I want to do them, to have lunch instead of dinner and to, you know, not go out at night when I'm not at my best and, uh, and just know that there's always an alternative and I'm not missing out so much. Cause sometimes I think you can feel a bit like FOMO. Yeah, FOMO, and so converting that to JOMO, so you have joy in the missing out. Oh, and, yeah. And Love the joy it, of missing out. It's so good, isn't it? It is a practice, though. And knowing that I think when you, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I just can't, I can't deal with that uncomfortable feeling of changing it up, uh, you know, it's just easier to just deal with it and just go and do what everyone else is doing. There will be a void when you make that decision, like anything, when you change, you know, if you've decided you don't want to be in a friendship anymore or there's going to be a void. It's not like suddenly you'll find your tribe that meets you where you're at. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll appear, but it won't be suddenly, like sometimes, but that you've got that void of discomfort of am I doing the right thing? Is it okay to do this? And, you know, might regress. but ultimately. Your people come along. Mm, yes, so true. I think when you were talking, it made me think of how I often, when I'm talking to generators in particular and manifesting generators, but um, generators have this really weird relationship with people pleasing. And so the whole boundaries thing is like life changing when they start to discover that like it's it's safe for you to upset people. It's actually safe for you to 
to say no to invitations that don't feel right, that you're actually not excited about. And yeah, you are going to probably trigger some people. There are people that will be like, well, you're not showing up for me. You know, it'll turn into something about them rather than a, uh, rather yeah. than something that's like, hey, I'm just like doing what's right for me in this moment. And I'm sorry that that upsets you, but it is just w- what it is. I mean, we can't live our lives for other people, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, I remember a time when my daughter said to me, mum, you're trying to please everyone and you end up pleasing no one in the middle of London. Like, mm. And it was a very big awareness of, oh, yeah, that's true. So and then when I pleased myself first, it it was game changing. Like everyone else was happier. I was happier. So that kind of had a flow on effect. Yeah. And don't underestimate the power of that too. Not only for your, yeah, like you say, it is, it does have a ripple effect. Well, if you think about just the conversation we're having now, like you and I are able to understand that for, for us, when we catch up socially, we'll probably have a time limit on it and we'll probably be outside. And sometimes we just won't want to see each other. And that doesn't mean anything about you. And it doesn't mean anything about me. But the fact that we're having this conversation means that we get it. And it's totally uh, like, I'm accepting of you and your way of being. And hopefully that's empowering for other people as well. As in the more we talk about these things, probably the more people are going to be like, oh, it's actually okay for me to not say yes to all these things that are constantly coming at me just to please other people. Yes. And it it will upset some people. And sometimes you don't have a choice about whether or not they're, well, we always have a choice of whether or not they're in your life to some extent. Um, but sometimes if it's family, that's a challenge because <laughs> with boundaries, boundaries are going to be uh, are pretty much what serves you. And no one else is going to change the boundaries that you don't have <laughs> because it's a benefit to them. So they're not going to say, oh, actually, I don't think you should do it that way to serve you better because, yeah, so you've just got to sit with the discomfort. And yeah, we get we're too comfortable being comfortable these days. Oh, yes. Couldn't agree more. You know, um, when we got married, uh, Clay and I didn't want to have a sit down dinner. We had a very a super like fun, easy breezy, casual wedding. And the the after party was at a bar. It was just on top, like a, we had a private area on a rooftop bar. And there wasn't that many people there. But when I told my parents about how our wedding was going to run, um, I said to them, like, we're not going to have a sit-down meal because I get bored. It's like, sorry, everyone's wedding that I've been to that's had a sit-down meal, like, I love it and I appreciate it. And, you know, I love to celebrate for you guys, but that is not what I wanted in my wedding because I just get, like, antsy. I want to dance. I want to, like, have a good time. I want to be able to move and talk freely with as many people as possible, not just the four people that are sitting around me. And when, But when I told my parents, like, we're not having a sit-down meal, like, the look of shock on their face, they were, like, horrified. I'm like, come on, guys. Mum's first thing was like, well, when will we eat? I was like, well, there's going to be heaps of food there. You're not going to go hungry. You're just not going to sit down and have a meal. It was like... I could see that the, and they were a bit disappointed. I'm, I have no doubt they were a bit disappointed that I made that decision, but was it like, did it ruin their life? Absolutely not. <laughs> and did it enhance yours? Oh, it was the best time. We just still just like, we had the most fun wedding. It was just so chill. And um, we got to talk to everyone. We got to spend lots of QT with everyone. So yeah. So good. <laughs> and I think 
<clears throat> we need more of us to stand up and say, I'm doing it my way and not the way society expects us to or family expects us to or and it's okay. Well, I think it's essential. Mm. Yeah. Imperative. And the more you understand about yourself, whether it's through your human design, finding out all of them really, finding out um whether you have the HSP traits or, you know, there might be ADHD or ASD, or then there's the SPD, which is the sensory stuff that's caused by trauma. So it's just sort of identifying which one's which and getting the support you need to to manage that, you know, getting a coach to help you understand yourself more, mm-hmm. however that looks. Yeah, so true. So do you have any specific tools or resources that you've found really helpful or that you would recommend to anyone that thinks that they might be HSP and wants to like (laughs) get their head around it? (laughs) I think definitely checking out Elaine's website, like doing the quiz and just then sitting in awareness of just noticing the times when everything feels too much in the big scary world and whether that aligns with what our definition of HSP or what we've talked about comes up. And if you're still listening right now, then, you know, potentially you you may have that trait or you're living with someone that does and or you have a friend or, you know, there's, there's something to it. Otherwise, you wouldn't engage in listening this far. Mm-hmm. And so starting with the awareness and then just thinking about, how it's a superpower rather than there's something wrong with me and I can't deal with life because it's all too hard. How can it actually be a superpower and how can it serve you on a higher level? And how can you honour yourself more in those moments? Like if you're sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, meeting a friend for a cafe in a cafe and like sitting there for two hours, I'm looking at my watch after half an hour, like you don't have to do it that way. Hmm. And and usually if they're your mates and you like spending time with them, they're quite excited about it. I know the first time we caught up, face to face we went for a huge beach walk Mm. and it was was awesome fantastic (laughs) and I swear we talked about way more vulnerable scary stuff than we would have if we were face to face eye to eye Mm. um yeah that's actually yeah that's a really good point actually and one of my friends who's a counselor I don't think she's practicing anymore but she used to do that exactly that go for walks with her clients rather than sit in an office and and do the old face to face because people were so much more comfortable and relaxed and able to have natural organic uh really heartfelt conversations when yeah when being outside and moving and walking i wonder that's super interesting hey <laughs> yeah and it's funny not funny not funny because i know everything's synchronistic. I've been thinking about that more with my clients. We're always Mm. sitting face to face. A lot of them aren't used to Zoom and I do it all the time. It's just part of what I do, especially with the podcasts and everything as well. And have been thinking about incorporating it in, not necessarily every session because I think it's important to have that. And sometimes we're doing deep journaling work and stuff, but actually to have that um, where they're moving and walking as well, particularly if they're not moving their body enough and uh, movement's quite mm. a challenging thing. Like how can we incorporate this and make this like a win-win and, oh, yeah. and a benefit as well? And why not just think outside the square? I think that's the biggest message. Think outside the square. What's going to work for you and what do you love doing? What do you love doing on your own and how can you incorporate that so that connection because we need more connection in our lives whether we're introverts extroverts hsps we need to have that connection because uh, loneliness is a killer Mm, yeah wise words amanda 
Well, thank you so much for sharing all your delicious insights. I think it's, I I have no doubt that there will be people that are like, oh, this is super interesting and I want to know more. So I'll link that quiz actually that you sent me and Elaine's book in the show notes. And for anyone that's listening that wants to get on board Amanda's podcast, she has an incredibly awesome, insightful podcast called the Bounce Out of Bed podcast. And I'll link that in the show notes as well. Where else can we find you, Amanda? I'm at Amanda Yuan, E-W-I-N on Insta, LinkedIn and Facebook. I also have a, a a Facebook group called Bounce Out of Bed that you can invite yourself to as well, where we get a bit deeper and a bit more vulnerable in there, which is a free space too. So yeah, come along. Well, that sounds like an awesome invitation for anyone, especially if you're feeling like you might be highly sensitive because Amanda's got such a beautiful insight. And as she mentioned, a lot of her clients are highly sensitive. So it might be like a really safe, beautiful space for people to start kind of getting to know that part of themselves as well. Um, Apart from all the other goodness that I'm sure is in there as well. So thanks so much for joining us today, Amanda. Absolute pleasure. So what do you think? Is there a chance that you're a highly sensitive person? Or maybe someone in your life is a highly sensitive person and hearing this has made you recognize that. I think, you know, sometimes labels are helpful, sometimes they're not. But I really feel like for me, understanding more about what it means to be a highly sensitive person has really empowered me to structure my life and set up boundaries that are really nourishing for me and make life a little bit easier without as much guilt around feeling different, wanting to do things in a different way. Thanks again for being here, team. I really appreciate you and I'm just sending you so much love, wishing you the most incredible day. Until next week, take care, keep milking the shit out of life and I'll catch you in the next episode.